Good morning, podcast, and welcome to the Pierre Lambert Show. On today's episode, I've got an amazing guest. His name is Bryn North. He is a filmmaker based out of Cape Town that has been traveling around the world this past few years, shooting for brands, other influencers, and for himself. He's known for those very cinematic videos and also for working with people like Sam Calder, Ben Brown, Chelsea Kawhi, and many more. So in this episode, we are going to be digging obviously into his story, into his adventures around different countries, how he approaches storytelling, how he really gets to tell better stories that are relatable, that kind of gives you a feeling of the place. And on the second part, we're actually going to be discussing about let's call it road blockages in a creator's life. Meaning, what direction do you want to give to your work? In what way do you want to evolve? Do you want to do more creative work? Do you want to do more personal work? Do you want to do more brand work? And that is a really big question that any creative will go through. If you're a photographer, if you're a painter, if you're a filmmaker, there are always those times where you're asking yourself, and that might be every six months, for example, (laughs) how do I want to continue in the future? Where do I want to take my art? And we're going to have an open discussion. Bryn has been amazing and super open to share with us a little bit the struggle right now and how he thinks about it. And I think that's going to be very helpful for a ton of you. If there are any parts in this podcast that inspired you or helped you, make sure that you hit us up in your Instagram story on Twitter, on TikTok, or wherever you want. We want to hear from you. This is how we can keep this discussion going, not just between us, but also with you. So without further ado, let's welcome Bryn to the podcast. Let's get started. Yo. Yo. Oh, can you hear me well? Yeah, I can hear you great. Oh, cool, cool, cool. All right. (laughs) It's working. Uh, Awesome. Uh, So let's see. So wait, let me leave that open. We're good. Okay, technically I should be okay. Sweet. Um, just a quick tip. Yeah. I know sometimes I tend to fidget with anything and then yeah. hear weird noises. If you do hear anything, just let me know. And <laughs> um, on your end, if you if you're able to not fidget, also that would be amazing. Yeah, no problem. Just <laughs> I have a super squeaky them. chair, so I might try to to yoga pose the whole thing and and not not move. <laughs> 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 that's awesome uh so Bryn, uh, the way it's gonna work is i'm gonna say welcome to the podcast and that's when i'm gonna it's gonna start basically uh, that's where you will be recorded and cool. um so any any question before now nah, let's do it all right <clears throat> um well one two three welcome to the podcast Bryn. thank you it's great to be here I'm super stoked to have you, uh, Brain, on the podcast. I've been looking at your work for a while, and um, it's great to see adventures. It's great to see all those beautiful places. But what is missing sometimes on Instagram is the real stories behind. So I kind of want to dig into all that today. <laughs> sure thing. Sounds sounds like a plan. Hit me with your best questions. All right. So let's let's try one. When did you feel that you were living your best adventure? Oh, my best, living my best adventure, man. It's, I'd say it's happened a couple times, but I definitely find it happens to be when I'm by myself. Um, you know, you, you put yourself, you push yourself into a situation. May, maybe I could, an example could be last year when I went to Bangladesh, you know, you put yourself in a situation where you sit there and you're like, how the hell did I end up here? 
And, you know, <laughs> you think of all the things that went into place to get you to this position. You're like, how did you make this happen? And you look around and, uh, you know, I think of it, it was sunrise um, on this one bridge uh, in the middle of Dakar. And I just couldn't believe that I put myself in this situation. And I'm like, yes, these are the moments you live for, you know. And, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of them that I have that I think I will never forget. <laughs> What 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 kind of um for example when what what kind of moment is that can you describe one in in particular? Yeah, if if I if I mention that Bangladesh one, I guess it's being by yourself. Um, I think makes you really think about it more because you have no one to really talk about it with or um, chat about it. So you kind of you're in your own head, and um, you know when you look around, and you realize that no one knows where you are. Um, you're in on this. You're doing this by yourself. And, um, I guess, I guess for me, it's being in a completely different environment to something you're used to. So if, if my normal environment to say back home behind my desk, editing away, you know, all of a sudden now I'm in the, in the middle of a country that is a completely different religion to mine, just a different way of life completely. There's people around me that are doing their daily routines that are nothing like my daily routine. And, uh, I think that's when I, I really enjoy those moments you know when i can sit back and i guess do a bit of people watching and uh, realize the situation i'm in is is very different to to i would consider a standard day for myself <laughs> that's interesting i like that that idea of uh, the normal day being so different in in different places because i guess that's something we take for granted very easily where we think oh everyone does that or everyone's yeah. living like that But then you, when you dig into it and when you travel a bit, you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's <laughs> far from reality. Yeah, exactly. So how did, you get, how did you get started, Bryn? Like, how did you end up in those places in the first, like your first time ever? It's, it's, a, it's a pretty long story, um, but I think it all, it, it's all got to do with a camera and it's got down to the point where you know I, i've always been fascinated playing with cameras most of my life um never once ever thought it would be you know a form of income or a, a job if that um but when i was finishing up my postgraduate degree i was playing with my brand new gopro hero 2 doing a bit of mountain biking i broke my ankle that day um, and i got it all on camera um uh, for the first time but I sat there with a broken ankle for two months and I needed, you know, I wanted to learn how to edit this footage. So, which resulted in me just asking the internet a couple questions, how to edit GoPro footage. And um, I guess that's more or less where it started. And from that position of teaching myself how it went, I managed to connect myself with, I guess, individuals that allowed me to continue that, that this line of work. Um, where they'd just be given opportunities to sit in on projects or uh, watch people. Um, and that's kind of where I, got, I really started to appreciate that art form and I guess continued practicing and practicing, kept asking the internet questions because I promise you the internet has a lot of answers. You just have to be passionate <laughs> enough to have the right questions. And um, I guess from that I got to the point where, you know, I've never been able to travel that much in my life, um, but having access to, you know, being able to go and film these places has allowed me now to, to I guess, travel. And I mean, I think, I think that's, you know, I think most people would say, oh, I would love to travel. 
And I, I'm obviously in the same boat, but now I have this medium that is allowing me to do this and, and try and pay the way as well, since I can't afford to just continuously travel. Yeah, there is always a fine balance between uh, travel and not traveling. If you don't want to <laughs> hate traveling, you also have to pause and not travel, at least for me. I, yes. not, ha, were there people during that journey that, that kind of either inspired you to go into it did you have an idea it was possible to do what you're doing or and maybe 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 wait i i introduced you a little bit in in the intro but maybe why don't you give us a little bit of a understanding of what you do on a daily basis right now i mean not okay. daily because i know how daily works but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a project basis what what kind of work do you do and and were there people that really paved the way for you or that showed you there was a way possible okay so I guess a day-to-day -day for me is I'm either editing behind my laptop where I've got my cameras in my hand and I'm filming something, or thirdly, the not-so-exciting side is the admin of running this sort of business. And I guess this all started maybe six years ago at this stage when I first ever even had the idea in my head. And um, it was all sport-related at this stage because it was something I was passionate about, uh, mountain biking and trail running and all the rest. And so any sort of media that I was interested in at that point was related to, I guess, this outdoor activities. So I began filming and documenting a lot of these trail runs and mountain biking events, triathlons. And from that, I guess, I started to grow and learn um, more about this industry. And from that, I've branched out, you know. So hmm. that was, I guess, my background. I learned a lot from certain individuals and Actually, probably most mostly what I've learned is from the people that I was filming. When you film athletes, you know, these are incredibly inspirational people who dedicate their lives to doing sometimes just one thing, running one distance at a certain, you know, as fast as they can. And I learned a lot from these individuals and how they work. And I guess I adapted a lot of that just the way I do things. And it just happens to be with a camera. But again, I've moved on from that. I decided to try different aspects, you know, of filmmaking. I've done some documentary side of things i've done tv shows i've done music videos i've done i guess the influencer world of work and yeah just your normal sort of client um work and i guess the one that stands out the most for me i guess is passion projects which is it comes down to that's all i want to do and i wish that's all i could do but uh <laughs> there's There's the financial element to what we do and uh, it comes down to working with different people and brands and yeah to, to balancing it out i imagine yeah, interesting exactly. what what would be here yeah, give us an example of your passion projects and uh if you had unlimited budget and time what would you do so i guess it, it would evolve again but at this yeah. stage like i was mentioning it i've never i've never been able to travel just for the sake of traveling um So at this point, using my camera to be able to go travel to places that people, for one, don't normally get to see. So one, I get to experience these places myself. So it's a very personal thing in terms of I want to travel for personal reasons. And then the second side of it is, well, I can take my camera along and do what I do best and document, I guess, this process. So one is traveling for the personal reasons of why I think a lot of people should travel and is to open your mind to a different world. And then secondly is to be able to capture it 
you know, the art form, I guess, of capturing that and being able to show that to the rest of the world. So those are the, I guess at this stage, that's what I'm looking at, wanting to do more. Um, and if we, if we continue to develop further over the next few years, I think it's just to expand on that, to then is to begin to find stories of people out there and um, definitely more towards the documentary side and develop these stories and tell people's stories, unknown heroes. Um, that's the direction I think at this point I would like to go in. That's that's very interesting the unknown he heroes aspect um, because we usually talk about the most famous people very easily, but in a way there are there are tons of heroes around the world and they don't need to be known and maybe that's why they're heroes. <laughs> so if someone can shed a light on those. I think it's it's very inspirational. That's very true. There's like you said it, you know, there's there's some incredible people in this world and they've definitely got a lot of media attention. But there's some hidden gems out there, some people that are doing day-to-day -day activities that, yeah, might not, um, I guess, get the awareness that they deserve. Um, and I think just from, even if their stories you know, are pretty basic in what they're doing, I think they can help other people sort of look at their lives and see how these people are dealing with it on their end and what, what makes a day-to-day -day so special for these people. And we can, I guess, look at that and in turn... Uh, I, I guess appreciate our, our lives put it that way we can learn yeah. to appreciate our lives more by seeing what these other people have to go through on a day-to-day -day basis that's that's yeah i think i think that's a great aspect because most people's daily lives are made of daily things and and that's something i was listening to Brené brown speak with tim Ferriss okay. the other day and she was saying my days is uh emptying the dishwasher feeding my kids preparing <laughs> lunch <laughs> cooking yeah. things uh and then there is work but she's she was saying like a lot of people forget there is all that too <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> which you have a huge impact on all those activities and how it affects your family or community around you so um there's that hero's journey that i feel we like to speak about about oh, i traveled there and climbed the everest But there is the rest of the days where you're just at <laughs> home and doing daily activities that should also be, in a way, portrayed in, in a beautiful way. Would you have actually? Let's let's go into that creative side. How or would you have an idea on how to make daily life interesting, either in photography or video format? Like, what would you look at or share? Well, I, I guess what makes it interesting is the, is the differentiation. So, you know, like you're saying, if someone's normal day is just packing the dishwasher, or maybe, you know, if, if I look back at some of the places I've been, and this is, I love, okay, if we go back to when I was in Mongolia, and I would purposefully, at this stage, there was, there was I couldn't even speak to them, you know, there's the language barrier, but I would, oh, yeah, set yeah. My, I would set my alarm for, you know, first thing in the morning before the sun comes up, because I know that they're going to wake up just before the sun came up. And all I did was watch, you know, there was no, I just got my camera out and I just, I would just film what they got up to. And that for me was by far the most exciting thing, just to see what this hmm. person does every morning, you know, and you know, that morning it happened, they had, they walked out, they got a whole bunch of snow or ice from the river, which they went and melted back inside the house so they could make some tea, uh, which consisted mainly of, uh, the, oh, so then they had to go outside to the yak, milk the yak so we could make the tea. You know, once they had their cup of tea, then I guess the chores started for the day. And 
you know, for, it, it's so different to my morning routine. Actually, I guess maybe I also make a cup of tea in the morning, but uh, <laughs> in itself, so so different to just how I do things that I think it's just fascinating and capturing it in a raw element. You know, there's nothing staged about it. I didn't ask anyone to do anything. I just documented it in the best way I could while watching and observing. Interesting. Do you think to them or daily routine of being in a very comfortable environment would be as interesting as us seeing their routine? <laughs> that, is, that's, that is interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder if, we, if I made a film of, you know, I guess my morning routine here in Cape Town right now and showed yes. it to them. I wonder if that would be intriguing to them or they'd be like, oh, that's boring. He, he did his laundry and then uh, he made a smoothie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah, there, there's something about, I think, just watching the most basic element of people, what they get up to. People watching is fantastic, you know? True. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that makes me now want to see like some kind of, of short movie where you have you're following two different characters <laughs> doing da daily things but it's completely opposite oh, it's 360 I, days of their life of their year that is i've i've written a couple different i video ideas with, with 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 things like that um yeah i love i love to i guess the juxtaposition between two different um elements you know and i guess like comparing the two but at the same time you know when so, i guess essentially doing the same thing but in a different way and yeah uh, yeah i guess comparing them to each other is, is fascinating that'd be fun um looking forward to that one yeah. <laughs> so brain let's go on a on a topic because we were chatting before we started recording and you were yeah. saying it, it was a little bit difficult maybe let's say creatively or like uh, you mentioned like burning out as a creator sometime or as a filmmaker how how does that happen I'm um, curious. yeah i guess I, i don't i don't know sometimes it just seems to come out of nowhere but i, I guess yeah in my current state right now maybe we should have a catch-up again in a, in a year's time and see where i'm at but just over the last month i've given myself some time to really think and decide i guess on the direction i want to go in maybe it's maybe it's because i've actually i'm in a position where i've i have a lot more opportunity than i've had before And I actually mm. have choice um, and it's quite hard to actually decide, you know, I've, I'm the type of person that is really, I, I like to just go with the flow, you know, when things come up and I, if it sounds like something I want to do, yes, let's go do it. And, you know, part of me is thinking like, maybe I should have a bit more structure at this stage, <laughs> you know, may, maybe it actually is a good thing to have a significant goal or, or a direction to go in. And I guess that's just where I'm at right now. And it's, I've done lots of different things and I'm just deciding, okay, should I, should I do pursue a bit more of my own thing in terms of passion projects? Um, then of course, then I start thinking, Hey, you need, you need money for that. How am I going to earn money for that? Or should I just burn through the savings and just do what I love to do? And at the end of the day, that's what's going to make me really happy. And it doesn't matter if I don't make any money this year. And then the second part is like, well, should I not be, I guess, working with big brands and clients right now and essentially building my business, um, you know, and building a team. So there's all this on my mind at the moment. And, um, I guess the last few months I've been really, I've been doing a lot of filming and a lot of editing for a lot of different things. And I finally, you know, just got to February and I was like, I need a break, some time to think about these things. And, uh, 
yeah, I'm just, just struggling at this point to really decide what direction I should go in. That's, I, th- I think what you're going through is literally, I, I will say it's a little bit myself every six months. <laughs> no, no, but, uh, no, you know, like so let, let me let me explain yeah. so i have a youtube channel and i'm actually i have three but one the one the most important one let's say or biggest and every every now and then so i start doing things you start doing a certain series or, or videos but after a while you're like is it what i really want to do do <laughs> i want to take a different direction if i do too much of that then it means I'm missing on another aspect, which is very important to me. And so I asked myself those questions a lot. And recently, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go very personal here, so so that mm-hmm. I, I have no question to really to to lead anywhere. So <laughs> recently I met someone who's been actually very surprising because that person has like two YouTube channels, big business around it. But at the same time, is renovating two houses, is also launching a clothing line, has a kid, changes <laughs> countries all the time, lives in two different countries uh, with his wife and kid, and 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 goes on tour yearly to speak at events. And I'm like, how on earth <laughs> do yes. you do all that? <laughs> and that person told me that he was allocating very specific amount of times for his activities and i was like what do you mean he's like well i can't wake up on a monday morning and ask myself what i'm going to be shooting or what i'm going to be doing so what i do is that i plan let's say a two weeks segment where i'm going to be shooting all my content for example for that quarter for youtube Mm -hmm. and then he's going to dispatch it to be edited and the next two weeks for example he's going to focus solely on renovating a house and he's going to do just that for two weeks, like 10 hours a day for two weeks. And then he stops and he doesn't touch anything again. Okay. And then he moves on to another activity. And what he was explaining is that he never burns out in any of those because he doesn't have the time. And whenever it's like it gets hard, he just stops and thinks about something completely different and then goes back to um, to it just like, let's say, three weeks later or, or two months later, which I thought was very interesting that's very um, interesting i do that? like that i do like yeah the right idea of, of splitting it up like that mainly, mainly just because you know at least in, in the most basic form you know i i guess i split up my filming and my editing you know i go yeah. to a film for two weeks and i sit back down and i'm editing for two weeks and that helps a lot but there's mm-hmm. so much more to to running a business than just you know i know a lot of people just think that's that's all we do we run around with our camera and then make some nice photos or a video but there's so much more to capitalizing on terms of the whole business element and uh, may- maybe that's actually is a good strategy to i guess with regards to time management putting everything in a block so that when it comes to your turn to i guess when it comes down to filming again it's been a certain amount of time and i've re-energized and i'm excited to go and film again without that feeling of like gotta go on and on and on and on and try to squeeze everything else in between yeah do you, do you feel like it's more time management or energy management? Ah, that's 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 a good point. That's a good point. I've been. Th- I'm asking because we've been. I was talk. My wife is a lot into like what she calls energy audits, uh, yeah. where she just like audits how certain activity energizes or draws back energy from her, 
and and how she manages her energy throughout the day like you want to do activities that are going to be draining and then you want to compensate it with something that's going to be re-energizing i was just thinking about it um recently and it's like time is something you you don't control you can just like do something for more or less long but actually <laughs> yes. the, the output which is personal is more like do you feel drained after it or do you feel re-energized i was like interesting so when it comes to filming i think it energizes me because when i'm out in the field and i'm running around and i'm up early and i get some amazing shots that feeling can push me through for another few days but then when it comes to the editing side I think that's the draining element because you're putting it out there. You're really sucking everything in terms of creativity from yourself into this edit. And when you're finally done, the grade's done, the sound's done, you press export, there's this feeling of like, oh, I put everything into that. And often when I get to that stage and I'm exporting and I think, okay, Bryn, you've actually got two more edits you still need to get done by the end of this week. <laughs> and that hurts because I'm like, I've put everything, you know, you've yeah. creatively, you know, I've, I've put a lot into that. And I'm like, where am I going to find this creative, these juices again to really go into this next edit, like from tomorrow. Um, so I guess I find that quite tough. Yeah, it's same here. Same here. Whenever you finish something, you know, you still have five. You're like, damn. Um, <laughs> That, that's where I'm like, can we find, and that's very personal for everyone, but can we find like activities that are actually going to, re-energize or like reset that that mm. feeling you know um because it's what you put out there then comes back i mean it's it's just like a a big giant circle but <laughs> depending no. on where you are on the circle it's it's not always fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true you don't want to be hung up on the on the one side of the circle where it's always tough you got to keep it moving let's get around again <laughs> exactly absolutely so how would you um What's, uh, how do you call that? How are you thinking about your next moves right now? Do you have any trip planned or or project that, that you're going to get on? Or are you going to take a little bit more time to think about it? Yeah, I've, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a weird one. I've, my inbox has been the most full it's, it's ever been so far in my career, but I've said no to most things just purely based on, you know, I feel like, yeah, I'm still trying to work it out. And then mm. it's trying to, like you're saying, I'm like trying to figure out, okay, well, I've got lots of projects coming through, but what are these projects that are going to get me excited and want me to finish that and then do the next? Um, obviously, budget always plays a role, no doubt. But there's definitely, I'm looking for the projects that are, are exciting me right now. Um, and I would love to, love to be able to actually, I've never gone to create content for my YouTube channel before. My YouTube channel mm. has just, it's just, been there in terms of i do client work and every now and then i need to re-energize myself and i i'll go off and i'll make a little video and i'll put it up on my youtube channel you know it's it's never been to make money it's never been to for just the sake of creating content the stuff there is purely just me having some fun you know sometimes it's even i've been on a completely other shoot in a different part of the world but in my free time on that shoot i'll be shooting a little bit for myself just because that's what gets me excited. Um, so yeah, I think the thought of actually going out for a couple months to actually try and create content for my YouTube channel and build, I guess, the brand Bryn North in that sense is definitely something I would like to do. There's always what ifs. 
you know, I've always put it aside. I've always said, well, you know, how's it going to pay for itself and all that. Um, so that's definitely where I'm thinking at this point is just actually just going and do a couple things that I feel like doing. And um, yeah, <laughs> the the money side isn't attracting me so much at the moment. It's more just the let's have some fun. That's good. That's good. I think that's where we also get our creativity to really come back or or like sustain. Yeah, it's it's definitely pulling me in that direction. I guess the only the thing about going in that direction is is the risk. There's more risk um, in, ter in terms of, of money. Like, can I afford to do this travel? Can I afford to spend this time doing this? Um, and I guess, you know, if I, if I look at it in the short term, yes, I'm not going to have money. But I think, you know, I have to look in the long term. Is it going to make me so happy that next year I can push through and continue and do bigger and better things? You know, I'm a, what else is going to come my way by creating this content? Um, every time I've gone and done something that at, at the stage felt like, oh, this is a bit silly or maybe you shouldn't do this, often leads to something better. So huh. just I just have to put my head down and just go for it. So, yeah, courage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, courage. Um, I, I can, can we... Can we I'm gonna I'm gonna say something I repeated I think recently and I was like I realized that actually courage was having courage to have courage in a way. It's like <laughs> daring daring to dare. It's like a vicious cycle where you're like you might think about something, but you actually never give yourself the permission to really build out an idea before it's you think you try to I, at least personally sometimes i just try to dismiss it before it's even completely formed or um, just because you think it's not good or it doesn't make sense you're 110 correct i think <laughs> self-doubt is the biggest dream killer <laughs> of of everyone you know and yeah. i know and I, and i know personally myself you know I, I like to tell my friends and I like to tell people that I'm close to that, you know, I've got these ideas. This is what I want to do. And I think half the reason why I'm telling these people is because I'm saying, hold me to it. Because if I didn't tell yeah. all these other people and I was just all in my head, I would very quickly dismiss most of these things and it would be out the door and I wouldn't think of it again. But when I tell people, even me saying this on this, on this podcast right now of my ideas and what I would like to do is me almost saying, Hey, I'm putting that out there. And, you know, I, I need this extra pressure to push me to do these things um, because, wow, when you get in your own head, it's fascinating <laughs> when <laughs> that self-doubt creeps in. Yeah, the accountability part really helps go through anything. Um, I very much, and against me personal, but I very much like to challenge myself and do doing things. But I think just like you mentioned I like to put it out there just so that someone else can keep me. It's, it's, it goes as stupid as I remember a few years ago, I was with friends on the surf trip and we were on the, in winter on the, the West coast of France. So the water is like eight Celsius. So it's like fairly like you get a brain freeze instantly. Yeah. And I had watched a documentary about uh, some guy swimming in ice. I was like, Oh, if he can do it, maybe I can. And <laughs> <laughs> but my friends did not seem the slightest interested in swimming in, in water with that or, or uh, wetsuits. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I bet you I can do it. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, well, okay, fine. No one really cares. But I'll, I'll just put it out there. I'll, I'll find 
I'll, I'll make a way so that they keep me accountable to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it. And that's why I think it's it's always fun to 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 find ways to to find accountability and if everything goes wrong you, you're like well I was trying because I I talked with people and I don't want to you know like um I, I wanted to keep my whole word for it you know but if you're telling the word to yourself I feel like my mind is very 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 good at rewriting stories and <laughs> arranging them in a way that will make me come out in a good light for <laughs> myself. Nice. Yeah, you, you've got some points there, man. It's true. I see some similarities with myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let, let's, well, let's go into details if you're open to it. What, what, what do you want to do? Like, let's say you're, you're leaning into your, yourself and you're not thinking too much about the, the, the project or the money. What, what do you want to do? So Be I precise. Guess... And what, what's your money problem? Like, how much do you think you need? Because so think about it. I'm just gonna give context to anyone yeah. listening. I know you guys listening when you message me or when you message me on YouTube. I get a lot of those questions where you're like, "How did you start? I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have this. I don't have that to do what I think I want to do." Uh, so if you're up and Bryn, why don't we we just talk about it together? Definitely. I think I I get very similar questions and. All right. I mean, first off, let let's just look at the the time involved. Um, say, okay, we we can use say my Bangladesh video from last year as as an example because mm -hmm. I kind of went. So that was I went on. I link it below, that. guys. Okay, cool. <laughs> so that was about a week of pre production. So now there's a week of time involved there of me just planning things. You know, I did everything myself in terms of there was no tour guides in that sense. I reached out to people. I was just on Google Maps a lot. So I guess a week of time devoted to just planning the trip, seeing where I'm going to go and all that. Then there's the money element of um, paying for your flights. You're getting there. Again, because it was just myself, I was able to keep it as cheap as possible. Um, and by cheap as possible, meaning delivering, you know, I, I guess, accommodation-wise, food-wise, keeping it all very reasonable, but at the same time choosing locations that um, – were easy to get to, were, I guess, w w wasn't going to cost me an arm and a leg, but I'm, being in a place like Bangladesh is a lot cheaper than going to New York, I'll tell you that. Sure. <laughs> so I was there for two weeks. So I needed enough money just to, to make sure I could eat my accommodation, any sort of uh, people that helped me along the way, some train tickets, um, and getting around, I think, was mainly the costs involved and it wasn't too, i can't remember the exact figures but it really wasn't that bad to be out there for that long then i get back to cape town do you, do you have a any idea of the like oh gross like more or less how much it was no i didn't keep tabs on it purely because i didn't want to <laughs> oh good um, yeah but then then the, okay so then then i get back to cape town and now you know i dedicate another two weeks to editing um mm -hmm. So that two weeks goes through. And then after that, maybe I give myself a week of recovery. So if we look in total, that's six weeks um, of my time used. So normally, you know, I have a day rate in mind when I work with clients. And that's, so normally I'm forfeiting that day rate essentially by yeah. going and doing this for myself for six weeks. And at the same time, the opportunity cost of turning down any other work that would have been over that six weeks. Then there's the, the I guess, the hard costs involved of going out there in terms of accommodation and all the rest. Um, and by the time I put it up, 
yeah, I've, I've still had to pay for my rent back home, uh, my insurance, all the rest. So there's definitely a negative figure. And I didn't look for any sort of, I wasn't trying to make any money off that. So I wasn't looking at trying to bring anything back. Uh, ways of trying to earn money back could be through selling stock footage um, or working with brands, but that was something I wasn't interested in at all. Hmm. Um, so that in itself, when it's the most basic sort of form of travel, isn't too bad. It's not too bad, but it's definitely not a holiday. You know, you're paying, <laughs> you're paying for working essentially. Um, but now if I want to take it further, I want to be able to create behind the scenes at this stage. And I want to create it behind the scenes because I think this is an area where I could monetize because now I'm working with, uh, I guess the gear, I get the brands. It's way easier for me to talk about brands or at least to bring them in and talk about them honestly without having to, I don't know, just sell someone some horrible product just to make a, a couple pennies. Yeah. But now for me to do a behind the scenes with these means I need to bring someone else along to help film me. <laughs> now all the costs are doubled because now there's someone else's flights. Now I'm paying for their accommodation, their food, and I have to pay for their time because they're not doing this for themselves. So I need to pay them some sort of a, a, a salary for, for being out there and filming for me. Now, if they don't edit it, it means I'm going to edit it as well. And that's extra time I'm going to have to put in. So I guess at the end of this, you know, the fees of going out there and, and being out there, I don't know, maybe, you know, are going to be $10,000, something like that, you know, to pay for two people. And um, so I need to go and find this money just to cover the costs. You yeah. Know, and after that, then I would like to obviously make some sort of profit, and these profit, this profit would be to, to help me pay for, you know, my accommodation back home, my insurance, and all the rest, which I should actually factor into the the cost anyway. Um, so I mean, the, the, this is just, you know, I'm just for me the biggest thing is time. All mm -hmm. these things take a large amount of my time. I wish making a video was, you know, I go a daily vlogger, for instance. I, you know, I, I'm not saying anything against daily vloggers, but the type of content they create, they can pump it out. And yes. um, if Skillshare or uh, you know, Wix or, you know, one of these, I guess, brands that offer Squarespace that often does these sort of brand integration videos where you mention them halfway through the video, they offer, you know, they've offered me in the past between two and three thousand mm dollars, -hmm. which is great. I mean, if you're a daily vlogger, you know, you're going to do that video that day. For sixty seconds, you talk about Squarespace, and you've earned two to three thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Now, the types of videos I create, you know, two to three thousand dollars is only going to cover my air ticket. Yeah, uh, you know, if I look at it in that sense, so it's quite hard talking with brands and convincing them that you know, when all they want at the end of the day is numbers, people viewing their brand, and whether it's mm -hmm. a daily vlogger or a travel filmmaker who's going and spending six weeks to make one four-minute video. You know, they don't really care how much time gets put in. They just want to know how many people have their eyes on their brand. And that's where I'm struggling at this point is brands definitely want to get involved. But what what I do is pretty expensive. Um, yeah. So I'm working this one out. I, I am speaking to a couple of brands. And I, that's the other thing as well. You want to work with brands that you truly appreciate. Um, I don't want to sell people shit. You know, yeah. and, that, and this for me is very personal is because I find it really hard to actually work with a lot of brands. I've, I've mainly just because of what they do, you know, they've offered me big paychecks, but at the end of the day, I'm like, do I want, do I want to sell this to someone or how does this even relate to what I'm doing? Um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because it's your name, it's your face, right? Exactly. And you know, and then sometimes I try to convince myself. I'm like, hey, well, you know what? If they're going to give me X amount of money, this is going to allow me to go and do two projects where I don't need a brand. Um, so I'm trying to look at it maybe in that terms. You know, maybe I'm going to sell something on this video, but the next two, I don't have to work with a brand. I don't know. You know, these are <laughs> different ways of looking at it. But um, this is all new for me because remember, I've come from a client background. You know, I've never. Yes. I'm not. I'm not an influencer. Um, I've always been a filmmaker. I've been paid a day rate. Uh, they, people are looking for a filmmaker or an editor, and that's where I come in. But all of a sudden, I'm I'm sort of having to enter this world of, I guess, this influencer world where I make money through, you know, I guess, brand integration and all the rest. This is new for me, and um, it's been quite hard because my my day rate, for instance, isn't too bad. When someone hires me to go on a certain project, I can make a reasonable amount of money. Yeah, but but for me to now, I'm getting I'm getting a lot more emails where people are wanting, I guess, oh, bringing me on as an influencer, and now the the money is a lot less. I'm putting in the same amount, if not way more work. <laughs> but for some reason, because of my social Sorry, media numbers, because of my social media numbers, they're saying, oh wait, we can't pay you X amount. And I'm like, you know, so it's quite new to me in the sense where in other areas, people are like, Bryn, your quality is good. We want to pay you this amount. And I'm like, thank you. But for in the influencer world, the first thing they do is go look at my YouTube and my Instagram numbers, and they're like, "Oh, you don't deserve that amount of money because you don't have X amount of influence, uh, followers." And that's been a tough pill to swallow because you know, it, it, to me, it feels like, "Oh, your work's not good enough." But I know at the end of the day, it's a brand trying to get exposure, and that's that's what they're trying to do at the end of the day. So I can't I can't be upset about that. You know, it it yeah. just is hard when often we we, we link quality with amount of followers um quality with quantity which it there's a very big difference um so yeah i guess i always preach to brands you know i'm i'm, I'm quality over quantity but only some of them bite some aren't interested <laughs> have you have you thought about it in terms of let's say you're let's call you brand north business Mm -hmm. and brand north business has two branches one that is social media amplification and one that has content creation pure studio or like filmmaking have you approached people in that direction where you actually can give them two proposals uh, almost where you're like if you want content creation and you want that type of video result and you show for example your real and your best work this is how much that costs and if you want to do social media amplification if you want to reach followers for the pure enjoyment of my numbers this is how it would work but you would not get that if you want to get both you have to pay obviously everything have you have you thought that about it that way yes i i have um and it's been interesting i've got some interesting replies from different brands um often you know they, for instance they're like oh with this particular budget we're looking at create you know we want to they're looking specifically at influencer marketing and they're not interested in creating any sort of content for themselves in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's something luckily, you know, working in this environment, I've, I've been able to work with a lot of different people and I, I haven't, I guess, umbrellaed, you know, my brand in terms of an agency, but I definitely have access to a lot of other creatives that I've worked with in the past that if I want to build a team, I can. Yeah. And, Yeah, so this again is something that I'm getting used to, but it's also another. This is quite an interesting element: is that 
a lot of the other people I worked with are influencers and they're used uh -huh. to earning quite a large amount of money. So for now, for them to work in a team, you know, for a different, it's, I'm trying to go one way and they're trying to go the other way. So it's, there's two worlds between, I guess, client work and influencers. So some prefer, some are doing really well in the influencer realm and some are doing way better in the client realm. And I'm kind of in this weird in between where I want to do the influencer side of stuff because it means with influencer marketing, often I get to be, I get to put a little bit of my own creative input in towards it because it's going to be on my platforms. So I feel like it has to, it, it's something probably closer to what I want. But on the client side, it's very much a brief from them and you follow what they want and you say yes. And uh, obviously you can offer some changes and suggest a few things. But at the end of the day, it's, it goes how they want it. Um, so I guess those are the two different worlds. And like you said, I'm, I'm trying to mix the two. I'm, I'm not 100% sure which, which direction I want to go in, but I think you got a fair point. Maybe, maybe I should actually, most emails, I should respond with, a, um, with two packages, put it that way, an influencer mm -hmm. package and a, um, a, a sort of a, more of a client branded work for themselves. I, I come from the same kind of, background in a way where um i used to shoot for personal clients mm -hmm. uh, so like a lot of b2c and like portraits and all that and even weddings and yeah i mean people would pay you for the work right and you had yeah. to put in the work and you were not actually exposing them to any kind of audience and you were being paid well but then when when you move towards the influencer part as you mentioned it's like brands want your creative but they also want your access to your audience mm. and they want it cheaper just based because they try to they try to put a rate on you based on your numbers which has nothing to do with how much work you put in so what i've started doing is uh in the or what i always do is that i give them a quote and i say it includes and i, I like to detail just to show them what goes beyond like it's it's pre-production it's creative ideation or whatever you want to call it it's uh, shooting, it's editing. It's also one that I love is called um, representation fee. <laughs> and that's, yeah. basically, that's basically my face because if you're trying to have me share anything, um, I actually want to make sure that I'm fairly compensated for something. And I also want to make sure that I'm 100% behind that product or, or service or whatever that I, I kind of know it. I've used it in the past. And that I I can vet for it. Otherwise, you're just like say. Otherwise, you're just a bad model. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I like this man. I, this is this is actually this is intriguing me a lot. I like the way you're going about this. And not everyone's ready to pay. But what I I noticed, and you mentioned Squarespace or whatever before. For example, I never did anything with Squarespace. I think they they proposed one time. It was really low through an agency, and I was like, no. I mean. First of all, I don't I don't really want to do Squarespace because I've never used it. I, I just do everything yeah. on WordPress and it's free. So all right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just buy your own domain and, and do a WordPress site with a theme that you, you might purchase. I'm currently trying to build mine on Word on WordPress right now. Yeah, there you go. Um maybe the one I would do would be Shopify because I think Shopify is a lot, 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 lot more useful in general. But um then it's it's like okay that doesn't align and they're proposing 
bad money and then i just wait a little and at one point someone comes with something reasonable so um and we were on the podcast with who was it chelsea Kawhi. i think yeah. you know her yeah we've um, worked together a few times yeah so and we were talking about that and then she had a podcast with i think it was chase jarvis and i listened to that and it was very interesting she was talking about how she responded she like gauges interest nowadays and in opportunities she was talking a lot about intuition which i thought was um fun and i i just had no clue how to read it yeah and then she explained she's like well i read an email and if i i try to gauge how excited i get about the idea and if it's like no excitement but the money is cool she's like pass and if it's like i'm really <laughs> excited and the money might not be there or whatever i i i, I link into it but once in a while, and that happens to me, you have the money that gets there and you love the product. And I think waiting, and that was, I was telling a friend that that's doing YouTube also travel stuff and uh, more like travel vlogging, um, daily vlog type. And he was, oh, they're proposing always bad money. I'm like, just just wait it out. I know it's, but like decline those tiny opportunities and some bigger will come and that yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a there's no right answer. I think it's whatever you can afford to, but <laughs> it's a weird thing where I went in the scene idea. I think which is social media. Everyone seen the but everyone wants to know how it's and and being able to I think have a big positive impact for your brand. If I if I'm just looking at it from an outsider's perspective, I think you know in this day and age, you know you kind of. There's no doubt you need to have a social media presence. It's 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 so benefit you know so many just for me even when I'm when I'm doing client work be able to link in my social networks and for them just to gauge a little bit more learn a little bit more about me just through my social presence helps a lot you know and at the same time I'm I like it because we we need to differentiate ourselves you know every second person can do what i do i think if you've you know mm -hmm. if you've like i said i've learned this from the internet we all have access to that right now the gear i use is yeah. is really not that expensive and if you are truly passionate about it i'm pretty certain you could slowly save up and own the same gear i do so we have access to the same tools um where it comes down to is you know where we differentiate ourselves and how we uh, and this is where social media plays a big role in this is because, you know, this that is your brand, you know, that you're putting out there. And um, that is how people are going to, I mean, there's definitely people who think they know me because they follow me on Instagram and YouTube definitely don't know the real Bryn. I hope, hmm. I hope though that eventually I, it can get closer and closer towards the real Bryn. I would love to be more real with people. Um, but but yeah. again, it's scary because now you're putting yourself out there and letting not just your close friends judge you for who you are, but thousands and thousands of people. And um, this is the thing, like now knowing how important social media is, makes it, it adds extra pressure on it. Before social media used to be fun. Hey, we're on Facebook and we follow a few friends and we share a few bits and pieces. But now there's this, this feeling of, I guess, this pressure towards we need it. We have to grow. We have to have numbers. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't speak about this too often, to be honest, with a lot of creators and people that have big followings because maybe I don't want to know the answer. But for me personally, I struggle to 
to keep up on social media in terms of I think I'm the type of person where like I really have to work at it, you know, to put stories up, mm-hmm. to put uh, posts up. It's it's a form, it's work. It doesn't come naturally. Um, and I have yeah. to have breaks from it. And the issue is with social media, it doesn't wait for no one. You can't just have a break. You know, you will get left behind in that sense. So I struggle with this whole, this pressure of having to keep it up. You, it's, it, it doesn't stop. You have to adapt. It changes. Um, and I think that, that, I guess for me, yeah, that's the only thing that I, I struggle with with social media is the fact that it's constantly adapting and changing. And sometimes I just want to break and I want to hide away from it. Um, and when I do do that, I start to learn and realize how important it is towards the work that I do. Um, but yeah, that's just the world we live in now, right? Yeah, it is. And uh, but here's here's something I, I was thinking about uh, recently. Um, so so two points. First of all, I talked about that with Chelsea a little bit. And to anyone listening, you guys might have listened to our episode. Otherwise, you can just go back to it. And she was sharing that when she was doing and and you know her in real life yeah. so maybe maybe you can add on to what she said but or or you can like share your viewpoint on it but she said that when she was doing just uh, the mall or like sharing like things that were cool and getting like engagement or whatever at the beginning or or like kind of hollow captions i would say she did get bored in a way and one day she decided that she would try and that's where we talked about courage um try to lean and, and share more about her so that uh not just the struggle that she goes through and how and put it in a way that might be able to be applicable to others so instead of having a hey that looks great you know like caption or like captions is <laughs> <laughs> having something more meaningful that would represent more how she would be if we were speaking together in real life or looking at something or discussing something cool. And I thought it was interesting. I did it a few times, always noticed that there was more engagement. doesn't mean that it's, it's like more, there, there's deeper engagement. It doesn't mean there was more. Mm. I, I find that the engagement gets deeper. Like whoever engages with you is more thoughtful about what they write. And And for Chelsea, that's something I always felt with her brand or or with her social media was that she was fairly open to sharing or it felt like very personal. And I know a lot of other, um, let's say, accounts or influencers and and not everyone gets that. Although they try to be personal, they might have daily vlogs. It still feel like something is hiding, you know, and and it's like hiding behind some kind of shell and is it a good thing or not to remove it? It it really depends on, on you and what you want to create. You know, some people love to have boundaries and they don't want to bring anyone else beyond those, beyond those boundaries. But um, for some, I think it, it does make sense. And it, personally, it makes it easier as a human to share your experience when it's uh, honest and truthful versus when you're trying to construct it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're laying some truth down there. <laughs> And I, I, I think maybe, maybe we do all kind of know this, but like you're saying, it, there's no doubt that we need to be more open and be more truthful. Um, but the fact that so much of it out there is fake is that a lot yeah. of people think that that's normal and you're going to be compared to that at this stage. And I think that's where I struggle is because although I want to be real and honest, it's, it's, the, it's the judgment that, that I guess... 
that, that solves doubt. So, the... so let me ask you that. And, and that's a reflection to myself. That's a question that literally went through my mind. If everyone shoots with camera A, which is probably Sony lately, <laughs> you think shooting with that small brand, but that you love will make, give you more opportunities? Because everyone else is shooting with it. No, it won't. Because everyone's shooting the same, but you're shooting different. And I, yeah, exactly. No, you, I, I guess it's, yeah, I, I guess it's just, I need to suck up and, I mean, okay, I, I, for example, you know. <laughs> I, I'm in the same, I'm in the same zone and I, I'm doing the work right now. So that's why I'm, I'm very happy to chat with you around I, that. Yeah, but I, th I think it's, a lot of it's got to do with, yeah, I guess looking at myself and realizing that everyone is different. Um, and even though, in, if, say on my Instagram stories, I'm putting things up and it's annoying someone or irritating someone and there's no doubt because they always come through every now and then and you get these messages that someone hates on you and I guess it's just learning to not take it personally um, which is just something I do a lot um, and you know it, it can mm -hmm. deflate you you can have it's weird I can't remember who said it but you know people always talk about you know it's school days you have to get above yeah. 50% right and you passed you move on you know you get above 50% you're on to the next year that's that's what you need to do but for some reason in this whole social media realm for instance if we even look at YouTube If I'll get 99%, essentially, if we look at the likes to dislikes ratio, but yeah. I still see, say, you know, I can get 99,000 likes, but there'll still be 1,000 dislikes. And I'm like, who the hell disliked this video? You know, and, or there'll be a couple mean comments and those will affect me so much more. And for some reason, you know, I forget that, hey, I actually, I got 99% if I want to look at it in terms of schoolwork. You know, 99% of people love this, but I still somehow that 1% of people are managed to get my brain to, I guess, get worked up and get insecure. How, how do you, have you ever left negative, negative comments or dislikes on videos or, or posts? No, I could, I, I, I don't, well, mainly if it's something I don't like, I tend to steer away from it. You know, it's, it's especially when it's yeah. content like that's free. If it's something that I've paid for and I'm disappointed <laughs> with the product, maybe I will, I will voice my opinion. Um, but yes. especially in this world, we're like, you know, we've made a choice to follow someone, a choice to watch this video. Um, so no, I, it's, it's not something I do. Would you be friend with someone who did that consistently? No, because, well, I would probably speak to them about that and say, there's obviously, you know, there's something they need to work on themselves personally that you know so yeah I so i think you got your answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> you see what i mean <laughs> it's like oh a thousand people need to work on themselves <laughs> yeah. but still for some reason but yes i it's like i know all this we know these things but i, I guess it's yeah. putting it in practice and really trying um and if we revert back to chelsea you know from the time that i've spent with chelsea and projects i've worked with her it's she's honest you know how you see her in her stories and how she is she's genuinely like that and um i'm i'm mm. envious of these people that have that much energy and are able to just keep it going without actually caring what people think um you know I, i've said i'm sure the few people out there that maybe are listening to this i've told them a lot a lot you know like if i could just have 10 percent of what you have in terms of 
that energy and drive to just push through and not let anyone care what, you know, it's that, you know, actually right next to me right now, I'm busy packing in my house. There's a book called, um, what's it called? You know, I, I don't know if, if we're allowed to swear on here. <laughs> yeah, 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 go yeah. ahead. But um, oh, where's it gone? Where's it gone? Oh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. <laughs> you yes. know, it's, you know, I've, I've read this book and it's because I guess like what we're talking about right now, it's really, I'm trying my best to stop caring what other people think. And I say in every beginning of every year, this year I give less fucks. But man, it's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> um, I, I can recommend one book for you if you would like and to anyone listening actually. And it's called uh, The Untethered Soul from Michael A. Singer. The Untethered Soul. Um, yes. And once you've read The Art of Not Giving a Fuck, I think you will double enjoy that book. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think it goes... I did not read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, I have... It has come up quite a, a lot of times between my friends, entrepreneurs, or social media world, or just on this podcast. And so I will at one point pick it up. But I also thought about it in a way where I I would get affected, dude. Like I would <laughs> I would get so affected by like comments, yeah. you know? Because when I started YouTube, and you started in a completely different way. Like when I started, I. I don't know if many people know, but I have another channel with like maybe 350 videos that would get barely a hundred views or or whatever. Yeah. And the the way I was doing it was like I set myself a challenge for 30 days to daily vlog, and I never ever had recorded a video wow. in my life. I was a photographer, and so I was like, "Well, let's just do it." And I had seen Casey, and I was like, and I did not understand anything about storytelling, about making something interesting, about whatever. It's literally the utterly most boring videos you you might see in your life with the worst cuts ever. But I took it as a process where I was like. Every single one of those videos will teach me something and the sum of all will lead me somewhere. And if I look at it four years later or three years, three and a half years later, it did do that. But in the moment, it felt terrible. And after six months, I, I started having, I did have huge doubts. Like I think I grew under 1K followers on, on YouTube and I had so many videos and I was yeah. like, Well, clearly I'm wasting time because I'm not doing it the smart way. But I think all those lame videos taught me not to care as much uh, about how and who and and when or where I, I actually start pushing stuff out and, and how I do it. And what you're saying is that every year we, you tell yourself, uh, this year I, I give less fuck. Um, The, the, and I'm not trying to give any advice. I'm but... always looking for advice. So swing it my way. <laughs> okay. So put it as a challenge. Put it as an exercise that you would do the same way than if you were trying to improve your skills in videography. If you're trying to like get better panning shots or if you're trying to get better like transitions, you're going to literally go out there. I don't know about you, but I imagine you will go out there and practice it. You know, Maybe <clears throat> write it down and, and try different ideas. Um, why don't you look at it the same way? It's true. I guess I guess it's just becoming more comfortable with it. I end of last year, for the first time, I, I did put myself in that situation. <laughs> I I made a behind the scenes video. I was doing a, a short little video out in Indonesia, and I, I 
I had a mate out there who could help me film a bit. Um, and yeah, for me, even though it's just a, it's just a small vlog, like behind the scenes, it was by far the most nerve wracking I've ever been when <laughs> pressing go public on a video. Like I, I didn't want to do it. Um, but at the same yeah. time, like I knew I had to, because I had to teach myself, you know, that this is just something you have to do and be comfortable with. Um, and it sounds so ridiculous now when I'm even saying, it. I'm like, you know, it's just, it's just a, a a vlog. You know, what's so hard about it? Yeah. But for some reason, I guess when you're opening yourself up to the world, I think only, I think that that video has probably only had about sixty thousand views or something like that, which, you know, I guess is a, a decent amount over the last two months. But it's not. You know, I have to remember. I'm like, it's it. it this is it, huge. Just FYI, this is huge. <laughs> yeah. You you might think it's not huge. Let me tell you why it's huge. Just just super quickly for anyone yeah. listening, when you have let's say uh, now you had like hundred k, I think on on yeah. YouTube, hundred seven. When you have sixty percent, you reach sixty percent of that audience on any social media. This is first of all, this is big because usually if you reach ten percent, and you can look at the biggest channels and see if they reach more than twenty percent, this is beautiful. Right, you might see those guys. Even Casey has maybe 10 millions or 9 million or whatever. His videos will get 1 million, which looks crazy big. But if you do it ratio wise, it's not that big. True. There are very, very, very few channels I know that get 50% of their global audience on every video, and those grow very rapidly, like Mr. Beast or whatever. Yeah. And uh, um, so, so just keep that in mind whenever you're looking at numbers, because if you go down that road of more behind the scene, there will be one that will get only 10k or 5k, yeah. uh, and you will be like <laughs> feeling like it's the end of the world. <laughs> no, I, 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 pre I appreciate that. That's that's some interesting information you just passed on. Um, that does help because I often look at it that way. I'm like, okay, well, if I have a hundred thousand subscribers now, I'm like, why couldn't everyone? Who subscribed? Who just watch it once? You know. <laughs> but mm. at the same time, I guess it's it's not that easy. No, when no, that's not gonna happen. I, yeah. I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not fixated on views at all. It's obviously it's one yeah. form of measurement, and you obviously want to know that your your video is getting out there, uh, especially when you put a yeah. lot of work into it. But you know, I I could get thousands of comments from people, but sometimes it's just the couple of comments from a few key individuals, either from friends or other well-known filmmakers or other people, you know, that really motivate me and step me up and be like, all right, let's go. Um, but yeah, views, views, I guess is just is one, one way of looking at it, but it's definitely not, uh, not how I consider success. That's for sure. No, that's good. That's good. Um, anyone that gets stuck up on metrics is, I think, as a creator, is 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 gonna drown at one point or or burn out because um, that's not where we get all creativity come from. Yeah. I, I don't know. No. That, that's that's not like knowing that it's hundred k views doesn't excite me more than knowing that uh, I just made something I was super passionate about. Exactly, <laughs> and then saying that when you, you know, when you start when when views is your main um, goal then all of a sudden you start to change uh, what you want to create more for your audience. You know, you, which if, if mm -hmm. that's your goal, if your goal is to just milk it and make as much money and I don't know what you want to do, you know, then I guess give your audience what they want. But if you are creating yeah. for personal reasons and it's for passion, you know, you shouldn't, don't let your audience always dictate the direction you want to go in.
yes, take some criticism and uh, some constructive criticism and all the rest, but at the same time, you know, still stick to your guns and uh, develop the way you want to develop, not just because the way that audience in particular, YouTube audience is telling you to go. Do you have a group of people you refer to or you, you ask for opinion that you literally trust and you're like, okay, I'm going to have them review it? Yeah, I've got my, my close friends. Um, I mean, so I always ask, I mean, I've got like my girlfriend or my brother or, you know, people like that who, who aren't necessarily in the same realm that I am in terms of, you know, film and uh, video editing and all the rest because it's always great to get their perspective because they're not looking at it in the way that a lot of other people are in terms of filmmakers. Mm -hmm. um, so I really, you know, for instance, when I finish an edit and I get them to watch it, I will, I'll actually take a step back and I'll actually watch them watch the video. You know, little mm. smiles or little, you know, do they notice little things? Um, I'm always looking out for that um, because I can learn a lot yeah. from just an average watcher. And then definitely I send it off to, Uh, my close friends that I consider, you know, great filmmakers and um, always open for, for feedback from them. And they can give me some tips or things that I just didn't see while I was editing or filming. Oh, that's awesome. I think having that like core group of people you can trust with opinions is, is key um, in what you do. Yeah, it's, yeah, without those people, I probably wouldn't publish anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I want to go back to, I think, if I'm and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you work with Ben Brown yeah. or you might know him personally. Yeah, we, we, we're good friends. We've done some work together and we're actually <laughs> meeting up with him in the next 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, awesome. Because I've followed Ben Brown back in the days and uh, I, I know he's been through a huge transition mm. And I think what we were talking about is is definitely he's a good example of having to find your way as a creator, but having the audience does not necessarily know you as you. They know you as the idea, the creator of you. Yeah, he's, I mean, we, we've obviously spoken about it a lot uh, with each other. Um, but man, he's, he's got thick skin because, you know, he, every, oh, everyone, yeah. everyone, <laughs> everyone knew him you know, as his online presence. And essentially that's, that's, he thought he, that was himself. You know, he, you, you start to create in this sort of way, especially as a daily vlogger, you know, you're putting yourself out there every day for people to comment on and tell you what they think, you know, they're signing up for free and still they're, they're saying, we want this, Ben, we want you to do this, come do this. And all of a sudden he, I guess, had a change in his life, had a break, realized things needed to change And when he came back and he approached things slightly differently, his audience were like, hey, this isn't the Ben we know. You know, where's that mm. Ben gone? And people were upset. You know, people yeah. weren't happy that Ben was thinking different or trying to be different. They were angry. They were like, where's, where's this? You know, I used to get my dose of Ben Brown every day. And now this is, it's gone. And people were angry about it. And, um, You know, but he he continued to put himself out there slowly but surely and uh, show his true self. And there's been a shift. It's taken a while. A lot of people weren't happy, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but it's taken a while. I think people are starting to really appreciate Ben now and understand that, you know what? It's actually the way he's gone about it has been really good. Um, yeah, hats, hats yeah, off I was to telling him. a friend I need, I need to get Ben on the podcast one day. I was telling a friend because 
what he's been through is is very i think difficult um the last time i saw someone do that or get that much heat was casey neistat when he said i'm stopping daily vlogging <laughs> yeah. and it was insane to see the reaction of people they were so entitled to him like killing himself every day in a way and giving up his family time for them to watch <laughs> and they were upset <laughs> because he was like i'm i can't do it anymore every day i'm like what it's you 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 said entitled there that's exactly it people people are entitled for some reason because it becomes a part of their routine and you know th th then someone tries to change for some reason people get really upset about it um mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's interesting this is a crazy world we live in absolutely no it's awesome Bryn, that you're sharing openly what, what you're going through and, and what you're thinking. I think, first of all, it's going to help a lot of people because we are all asking those questions all the time. Um, and no one has anyone's answer for someone else. So it's maybe there, there will be some pointers for people to think about. <laughs> yeah. We'll that's, see. I mean, if, if, this, if this can help anyone, that would be amazing because... I'm still out there. Obviously, I've got lots of questions. I mean, there's lots I've learned over the years, um, but there's new sort of direction and ideas. You know, my, I'm trying to think and plan my year and I'm trying to do it differently. And I've realized that, hey, you know, all the way I've done it the last couple of years, um, I think I know that way pretty well. But now trying to change it up and decide and give a new direction or take some risks and all of a sudden, you know, there's so many questions and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to work it out. I mean, just chatting with you now, I think I've picked up on a couple of things that you've said and I really appreciate the advice. Well, you're, you're welcome. I, I I can speak for, around that for a long time, which uh, sometimes is counterproductive to getting the answer, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's fine. I think there's always something good to take, um, especially like you sharing that uh, really also helps me in a way and, and I'm sure a lot of other people if you ever want to, uh, if you never find a way to get your behind the scene, just let me know. We'll we'll go on a trip together because most of my content, all of my content is behind the scenes. Awesome. So I shoot the behind the scenes myself of myself. And whenever I have a friend with me, that helps. But um, for having traveled with a few other YouTubers sometime, that does really um i like saying youtubers yeah yeah any content creator uh it does help whenever it's possible especially if both people are trying to get behind the scene then you just you just help each other and that works out or you share a cameraman to shoot everyone you yeah know? that that makes sense man i mean yeah maybe we maybe we jump on a project at some point in the next year and we can we can help each other out yeah we'll see so last question uh before we leave you and and I know everyone wants that answer. It's my most asked question. What's your go-to camera and lens in your bag right now? <laughs> if you have to take the plane tomorrow, what do you take? Well, I I, I keep it simple. I've got a rusty GH5 that has gone everywhere with me the last, what is it, three years now. Um, and I think I've got a Metabone Speed Booster on there. So I use EF lenses. Um and I think if I if I could only choose one lens, it would probably be the eighteen to thirty five Sigma one point eight. Um, I it's I, I've just loved that lens. It's but then at the same, uh, this is hard. I, I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I could choose one lens, it would be that lens. And, and the reason why okay. I would choose a wider lens is because it's harder sometimes. Um, you know, at least I can go to 35 on that lens, but it forces you to get closer to the action. And I can't recommend that enough. Sometimes I put on my 70 to 200 and I hide, you know, I can, I can sit on, mm-hmm. but using an 18 to 35 forces you, if I could only use one lens to really get up close and personal with the people and interact with them. Um, and I think you'll gain so much more from that. Never mind the actual shots, but the actual experience of using that lens. That's awesome. I love hearing that you're rocking the GH5. It's so good for filming. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, for me, like I obviously I love to take photos and all the rest. Um, and it does an okay job with photos, but yeah, when it comes to video, I can shoot 4k 60, um, And it's small. It's got a flip-out screen. Batteries last forever. I am looking to upgrade um, soon. I'm kind of just waiting to see what the Sony A7S III is, if it gets announced anytime soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think... The, the Ghost S3. <laughs> <laughs> but in the next two, three months, I think I'll be, I'll be upgrading to, to something else. We'll have to wait and see. Nice. Awesome. Well, Brent, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I'm going to be mindful. I know you have a lot to pack. And um, j- why don't you just share with us where people can find you online? Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, I guess you can find me on Instagram, just Bryn North. And on YouTube, it's Mr. Bryn North. Um, and that's pretty much where I put odd bits and pieces that I do of personal work. But yeah, actually, that, that's it, really. Where else would they be? Yeah, I think that's where I'm most, uh, most of my work would probably go up on there. So you can find me there. Awesome. I'll, I'll link uh, the videos we mentioned in the, in the show notes so everyone can, can watch them and, um, and enjoy it for, for their weekend or for, for their chill time in the Sweet. evening. Thank you so thank much, Thank you so friend. much. I really appreciate everything. Eh? Have a great day. You All too. Right, wow, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. If I can ask one last favor, simply hit that share button. I want you to spread the word about the podcast. I want to be sharing those stories with everyone. I think there is a benefit, not just for the podcast, but also for the one who listens. And that's what it's all about, providing as much value as possible through those stories, inspiring you on your next journey. Get out there, go shoot, try something different, try something new. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Before you go, would you like to receive once a week a free short email with my top five inspirations, photos with settings, gear I've loved, and what I've been watching, reading, or listening to that really inspired my work and my life lately? If you want it, just go to pierrtlambert.com forward slash top five and you will be in. Every week you will receive that short email to set you off on the good vibe for the weekend and inspire you. Now with that being said, have an amazing day. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.